Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I do this full time and every dollar you give helps keep all of it going. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, Pucks and Cups and From John to Justin, available on all podcast platforms. Today I'm speaking with Camille Hollett French, who co-created a film called Endomic, which is about a disease that impacts over 200 million people across the planet. The film, which French co-created, premiered at the Slamdance Film Festival as part of the festival's inaugural Unstoppable Program for Visible and Non-Visible Disabilities from February 12th to 25th. So let's get right to the interview. What have you been up to the past year? Um... Okay. When did the year start again? And when did 12 months? I don't know. I've, I've, been, try, I've been grappling with time. That's what I've been doing. Um, yeah. So last, okay. So I did a short film. I directed a short film called Freya that we shot uh, January, 2020. And it was, thank God we shot it in January. Cause we did it right before uh, the lock. Well, I guess a month and a bit before, but there was talk about postponing it and thank mm. God we didn't. Um, but that was a Harold Greenberg and creative BC funded uh, short film. And it was, it's a sci-fi esque tale about a woman and her relationship with social media and the state that in the near future operate as one. And so, um, yeah, that's been doing pretty well in the festival circuit. We just won best female director, at the Vancouver Short Film Festival mm. and Audience Choice and our first festival at the gate we won best live action short at Calgary International Film Festival and yeah that's it's been awesome um and then after that because of Freya actually uh Freya played at a festival in New York called Imagine Science Film Festival where we won the avant-garde award which was really exciting and during that festival uh I was part of a, a competition called the Symbiosis Filmmaking Competition where because of the pandemic, it was worldwide for the first time, which was really cool. And they chose six filmmakers and six scientists worldwide to make a film about science. And we ended up, I ended up partnering with a research scientist whose work is all around endometriosis, which, which I was, um, what's the word, diagnosed with in 2016. And we ended up making a film in eight days from concept to completion that just premiered at Slamdance film festival last week and it is playing until the 25th and oh and i'm i'm on a show of a a role on a show a come and go on (laughs) big sky right now Mm -hmm. which is david e kelly's latest show uh and i don't remember what right before the pandemic hit i think it was i did a 
a quick stint on Nancy Drew and then and then like a year slash one minute happened (laughs) (laughs) and I woke up one day and then I I started on Big Sky and then I think that's like I don't I don't know what time is it what day is it I'm still (laughs) getting that are you getting that still oh yeah yeah it's like it's kind of crazy that we're all almost at the end of February and Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like even just January 1st was a million years ago. Like it's, oh my God. it's, it's so crazy. Um, you actually answered my second question, which was what led you to make the, the film uh, that, you, that you'd mentioned. Um, so I guess, tell me a bit about the film. So, okay. So it's called Endomic uh, and it's a live action meets animation doc meets mock about endometriosis, which is a, a chronic illness that affects one in 10, which is pretty damn high, mm-hmm. one in 10 menstruating people, women, non-binary, trans folks uh, globally. And it's got the same prevalence as diabetes, but it gets the same amount of funding as Valley Fever. So <laughs> that was interesting to learn from EPAC from her research. <laughs> um, yeah. And so it's just like snarky, uh, satirical take on what the hell is going on that that creates this reality of you know on average 10 years of somebody being diagnosed and for the most part because it takes that long to get doctors to believe you and you have to go through that many doctors before Mm -hmm. they stop just brushing off your pain um you know it's a women's quote-unquote disease and so it uh it it hasn't got it, it hasn't been taken as seriously and so we wanted to approach it from the perspective of like the humor that Epec, who's my co-creator, Epec and Sari, uh, and we wanted to approach it with our humor. And very early on, as in like the first six minutes when we met on the Thursday night, and it was due the following Friday, I believe. Um, I think it was Friday, anyway, whatever day it was. And yeah, like very early on, we're like, oh, we have the same sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> And we found that like, we didn't want, we actually kind of ended up making fun of science films because (laughs) traditionally they're not as accessible to a broader range of the public. However, we have found that we do think it's a niche um, that understands what like our exact sense of humor because there are times you 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 know when people watch the film and they they haven't they just don't get it when they're like oh we really like the testimonials at the end (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you're just gonna brush over the whole like all the other parts like the uterus the like person in a human-sized uterus costume playing like the (laughs) the real life version of the animated uterus like you're just gonna you're gonna brush over that and then so anyway um, but yeah, we're excited about it because it's just the yes. first step and and this is a, a short film that that really opened the doors for what we want to do and we're looking for funding for a feature or series. Right. Uh, yeah, more. <laughs> um, now it, it impacts 200 million people uh, worldwide, which is not a small number. Uh, why do you feel that it's not known better among the among the general public? I would say because 
<laughs> you know, you get a bunch of like angry, crampy women in a room and people are just going to listen to them less <laughs> pretty much. Uh, well, from my experience, like I first heard the word endometriosis after I had fainted when I was 18 from cramps and been taken to the ER in an ambulance. And once they realized I wasn't dying because that's what the ER is for. And that's this like, Oh, it, it's this, it's, it's really hard for endo warriors as they're called, because when they're in such an extreme pain, they go to the emerge to be like, help me figure it out. Or like, I have nothing else to do. Like, how do I move? Am I dying? Cause you really start to think sometimes like, am I dying? Are mm-hmm. my insides imploding right now? <laughs> um, and so it's it, going to the ER is tough because you know, they, they, they make sure you're not dying and send you on your way. And then like sometimes with your specialist appointment in four months or whatever it is. But yeah, so the first time I had heard about endometriosis, I was 18 and, and in the ER. And uh, and when we were leaving, the, the doctor was like, my, my mom had come to meet me and the doctor was like, oh, it, it sounds like you could have endometriosis, but there's no point really in finding out because there's no cure for it. So no point in finding out, but Hey, do you have someone special in your life? And I was like, yeah, like my, my, my high school sweetheart, whatever. And she was like, Oh, cause have you thought of having a baby? Cause having a baby makes it go away, which is a ridiculous B not debunked, but like very clearly now understood is not, a, not a good solution and see like just what the fuck? <laughs> and, um, oh, sorry. I don't, I didn't, can I do it? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's fine. No okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, you know, and then it took years after that of doctors, like even a, it took me so long to find a doctor when I moved from Toronto to Vancouver, I've lived in Vancouver now for about four years, I think. And one of the doctors I was trying that I, you know, you, you go on a wait list or you like put your name somewhere and then you get a call or you get an email being like, this clinic's now accepting patients. You're like, Oh my God, amazing. I'm going to have a doctor. Like let's celebrate. And then you go and you're waiting for this appointment. This is just for a GP. And this one, this one doctor just like completely gaslighted me and was like, I actually cried twice in his, in his, and, and not just like the regular crying, which is frequent for endometriosis patients, like the, you know, what am I kind of crying, but like full out, like, why don't you see me? Why aren't you listening to me? And like, I should have told him, I was like, you're a bad doctor <laughs> because he was just like, no, I'm not going to put in the referral for you. Like I, I, that's my job. I'm the doctor. I decide if, if a referral needs to go. And anyway, he was an idiot. That's understood. But, um, and, and not all. And then I found an amazing doctor who helped move along the process here in BC because like I said I was diagnosed in 2016 and that was in Toronto and I had gone through the means there I'd randomly stumbled upon a walk-in clinic doctor at Queen and Spadina across from McDonald's people in Toronto know what I'm talking about and uh kind of a crazy place but I found this incredible doctor there and she had put me on the first steps um to be diagnosed in 2016 and then when I moved to you moved to another city and it's kind of like you have to start all over And so, and that's for anyone with chronic illnesses, really. And that's also something that, you know, is a big goal of ours in making this film is that, yes, we want to shed light on endometriosis, but we also 
like it's a, a model, as Epec would say, um, with her science tuck. <laughs> I shall be so proud of me that I used her science tuck um, with like a model that can be transferred to other chronic illnesses. And what that is, is like, listen to the patient, use the mm -hmm. patient. The patient is the most underutilized resource in healthcare. That was Dr. Warner Slack who said that, and he was a, a pioneer for believing that. Um, <laughs> crazy, right? A pioneer for, for listening to patients. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but I did. You did, actually, you did. <laughs> um, in regards to the film, you mentioned it took you eight days to put together. Uh, what was the process with making the film, and, and how did you come to work with, uh, with EPEC? Oh, my God, that was a trip. I have to thank my ADHD for that because okay, here's another story. Um, it all kind of converged at the same time, but I found out that I, after 34 years of not just like, Oh my God, it's so funny. You're forgetful. And you say things like really fast. It, it was, a, it's, it's been a, a hard go at different times because of my ADHD. And I didn't know that that was even an option. And after 34 years of like wondering why I am the way I am, I stumbled upon it um, through a series of, you know, conversations with my doctor and, and YouTube videos. Thanks YouTube. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was finally diagnosed like right before the competition and they put me on, um, on an ADHD medication that I was like getting used to at the time, <laughs> but it made me like, basically my brain worked as fast as it usually did, like kind of like all over the place, but it streamlined it. And so <laughs> I slept like three hours a night that whole week. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> ready. Um, oh, I hope. Oh, no. Okay. We didn't, we haven't won anything yet for the film. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to have our awards taken away? Cause you know, cause I was taking drugs while, uh, while we we're making the film, but okay. So EPAC, I should also say that I also had coffee today. So that's why like regular coffee. <laughs> um, but EPAC, and I met because a couple of days before or a week or whatever, before the competition, they gave us, they gave each person a little bit more info on each participant. And then we got to put in what our first choices were and such. And EPEC and I were each other's first choices. And um, because she, I, I saw that on, on, on the site, you could read beforehand what people's uh, areas of expertise were. And she mentioned mobile health learning. And for people who don't speak, speak science talk what that means is like apps <laughs> basically <laughs> um and so uh, that's not all she does but she works on this really cool app called fendo where patients all over the world they have about twelve thousand participants right now it's like a study but it's an ongoing study and patients download this app and they track their progress they track their their symptoms they track all these different things and then they use this information to put data together it's very cool and it was started by one of her colleagues at uh, the Data Science Institute at Columbia University called Dr. Noemi Eladad, and she is my hero. She's so cool. Um, and she herself is an endo warrior. And so she created this app because of that through their organization called Citizen Endo. So check it out. And I learned more about the fact that she did work around endometriosis through that extra info that they sent. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know she, I didn't know she was studying endo. This is crazy. So anyway, <laughs> And then I, I think somewhere in my application, I'd read, written something about chronic illness and endometriosis. And she saw that too, I believe. And then we got partnered. And so we met on the Thursday night 
And like imme- immediately we started just like wrapping up each other and like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> this is all over Zoom and, um, and spatial chat, which is a really cool Zoom alternative that makes it feel more like you're in a bar. Because like, have you seen spatial chat yet? I haven't, no. It's so cool. So rather than you just being like a still box on the screen, you're in a bubble and you can move your bubble around the room. And as you move farther away from the other bubbles, they get quieter. And as you get closer, they... <laughs> so it's like you're in a bar. It's That's so cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we started talking and then by the Friday we had a script written because okay so it was crazy because I was crewing up in Vancouver but I didn't know who I was going to partner with and when I was crewing up I was like but there's a catch we might come to the day and I might be like I don't need you sorry bye and so people were hesitant naturally because they're like well how do I plan how do I plan and I was like I don't know wing it (laughs) and um we ended up working with somebody named Tanya Jade who's an actor, writer, director, works behind the camera. And this was her first time DPing. And she was the one person out of all the DPs, potential DPs that I met, who was like, so you mean like, we don't know? And I was like, no. And she was like, that's that's so scary. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm going to think about this. And then she called me the next day and she was like, yeah, okay. I thought about it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Because everybody else was like, like you could see the fear come over their face and they were just like I how do I do this so anyway that was a really great match um and yeah I was crewing up on my side telling people like we don't know anything but we're gonna shoot on the Saturday because I knew that we would have to shoot on the set we'd have to make decisions and shoot on the Saturday Mm -hmm. to get it all done and so yeah and then we started we wrote this script and then there was like a uterus and there was like a real life uterus and an animated uterus. And one of my very dear friends, Phoebe Titus, she's a great animator and colorist. And she's one of our co-producers on the project as well. Uh, she, she came on fairly early because she's so multifaceted that I was like, Phoebe, I don't know what I'm going to need you for, but do you want to do this? And she was like, yeah. And then another very dear friend, Lucy Allen, who's also a writer director. She edited the film and thank God. Cause she's like the fastest editor in the West. <laughs> and so skilled and talented and so without her we wouldn't be able to do it but they were so like I kind of had a team on our side but I but I knew that I wanted my partner to feel like I wanted it to be a partnership I didn't want to just like come in and glom all over it uh and so I told everybody this is what I think but it could all change once I meet my partner and what you know I want to let them in on the decision making but luckily EPAC was like so easy going and like yeah sure um and then another star is a wardrobe designer that uh, who I who I collaborate with frequently, Karina Barrow. She's like my fairy godmother, particularly this time because I messaged her. I think on the Friday night, no, sorry, the the Thursday night, and I said, Karina, can you sew me a uterus costume? <laughs> and she was like, uterus, like uterus. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> uterus and then the following day she showed up with uterus costume at my door um and so she and she sews anything so she sewed it all from scratch and yeah so it it kind of it fell together like that however we had this script up until I think the the Tuesday it was it was a little it kind of was falling into like the trap of what an endometriosis film can be Okay, I've been using this term and I don't want to offend anyone who does like these types of films, but the type of film I'm referring to is the interpretive dance inspirational music type of endometriosis film. And (laughs) 
Sometimes I like them too. Sometimes I need them too. But we knew we didn't want to make that. And on Tuesday night, we we're like, oh shit. Like, I think we're kind of making that. So I stayed up all night and, and kind of reworked the idea because everyone else, like EPAC's in New York, we're in different time zones. And so it was probably like 1 a.m. when I realized that. And then, um, and it was like four there. So I stayed up, rewrote some stuff. I need, I went to bed at like seven or eight. I needed to sleep two, for two hours. Uh, the new Camille, just two hours. And um, so I, I put a bunch of notes together for Phoebe, Lucy and EPAC and said, can you guys start on this stuff? Just trust me. Like, I know this is crazy. Cause we basically, we rewrote um, some of the, like all the live action, like what was being said and the voiceover. And basically we rewrote anything. Like we, we were using the same stuff that we shot, but we changed what was around it to give it a different meaning. And when I woke up at like, uh, I think like 10 on the, on the Tuesday and got on zoom with them, they were all looking at me like, like they were so uncomfortable. I felt really bad now in hindsight. Um, <laughs> but we all knew that it was like the right choice to, cause basically like the film was cut already. And then Lucy was like, Oh, I have to go recut everything. And EPAC did all of the voiceover in her closet in New York city, like, and had never done any sort of recordings before. And so she was just like in and out of her closet the entire time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and we used an approach because it was a filmmaking competition. It worked so well in relation to endometriosis. We used an approach that was much like endometriosis care. And what it was, was the fastest, simplest way, even if it's not necessarily the right way. <laughs> <laughs> and we think that that really fed into the aesthetic of just, um, well, you would know this in Canada, EPEC didn't know the reference, but one of um, one of our comparables like references was Body Break. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Body Break. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so we really want to like that dated aesthetic mm -hmm. because the data is dated. the the you know the the medical options are dated. the the mindsets are dated all around endometriosis. And so anyway, <laughs> uh, what do you what do you hope people get out of watching the film? It's always a tricky question for me because I'm like, I don't know, watch it and you tell me. It's a <laughs> juicy filmmaker. Um, I would say, like, this is a conversation, what EPAC always says it really nicely. This is a conversation starter for sure because we, we wanted to give, like, the tip of the iceberg. Um, a, a tagline we were playing with early on was uh, the film to help your boyfriend understand your endometriosis. Uh, and then it like, I don't know, we still use that sometimes a little bit, but it's not as inclusive as we'd like to be because the reality is, uh, the reality of it is, is that it affects so much more than women and, and just mm -hmm. cis straight women. But um, yeah, we just really want this. This is the tip of the iceberg and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's an opener. And so we, we just want people like we can't change we can't go and change a system if the world doesn't know about it mm -hmm. and so few people do I this one time I ended up in the ER and a female ER nurse she was probably about like 35 early 40s she didn't know what endometriosis was and so like that is the reality I'm not exaggerating and mm -hmm. you know as as uh, certain celebs start coming out being like okay I have this condition like uh, 
Whoopi Goldberg and Lena Dunham and um, uh, Kiki Palmer, I believe, was the last one, the most recent. Uh, Hillary Swank is currently suing uh, SAG insurance or their insurance through SAG. I, I don't know what the company's called, but um, not it's not very it's not exactly clear as to whether it's endometriosis or not but um she's suing them because she she's been having ovarian cyst issues and they don't want to cover it because to them it just falls into fertility and she's like no not like what about my life Mm -hmm. um and so you know these conversations are starting in different ways but they're not nearly as far along as they should be and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to uh level the playing field and be like okay here's some more information for you and yeah, science, illness, blah, dry, whatever, like maybe laugh a little and then retain mm-hmm. some of this information. Um, but it was also important for us to laugh because we're not like people with chronic illness or disabilities, like we're not always just like weeping in the corner, you know, like we like to laugh too. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we like to, you know, we like self-deprecating humor and making fun of ourselves and, and <laughs> laughing at times. So we thought it was important to try to, offer that as well uh what's the response been to the film so far (laughs) either it's hilarious or i really liked the testimonials at the end (laughs) so it's like definitely (laughs) on either end of the spectrum which is great like i love that kind of stuff because what that means is that nothing is on the fence about it right and Mm. more specific and so yeah i mean when we um when I got the call from Taylor Miller at Slam Dance, who's the Unstoppable Programs director, uh, Slam Dance Miami's director, she was like, "It was." And Taylor is an endo warrior herself of more than twenty five years, and you know we've talked about that a little bit. And and she was like, "I that's like, oh my god, I was so funny. We laughed and we laughed." And then I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing." And she said that I think maybe one of the 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 best things you want to hear, and it was that she, there's nothing. She said she's never seen anything like this about endometriosis. And so that test made us feel like, okay, maybe we're on the right path here. And yeah, like we're, we're just excited, you know, to see what happens. This is our first festival and it'll be really interesting because there are going to be people, we did it like an audience. So after the competition, we spent an extra two weeks just like tightening up some voiceover and we did an audience um, feedback questionnaire and through that, the title changed because it used to be called Parasist. And uh, we decided that endomic was so much better. When we read the, de- well, when I did it, I'm sure Epac already knew the definition because she's a scientist. Um, but <laughs> when I read the actual definition of endemic, that it's a condition that occurs in a specific group of people or population, we're like, oh my God, en- endemic, endo, endo- en- endomic, <laughs> like, wow. And so um, a lot of people through the audience feedback wanted the, the um, title to be changed because they didn't quite get it and fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, some people were like, oh, you know, you have to be careful not to ostracize the doctors. And I was like, why? Why the fuck do I have to care about ostracizing the doctors? They've ostracized me. And that doesn't, and it was funny because it falls very much into the same, like, well, you know, not all men. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. great. Well, if you're not in that group of of, of the bad men, then you don't have anything to worry about. And it's the same thing for the doctors. It's like, well, if you're not in that group of the bad doctors, then you don't have anything to worry about. Like we're not talking about all doctors. And, and we did actually, we did end up uh, 
interviewing my wonderful GP who's been like incredible Dr. Rachel Vogler she's just changed my life in so many ways because she's worked with me and helped me like actually helped me and she spoke in the film and talked about you know how how we're not nearly as far along as we should be and um yeah so there are doctors like her out there and and yeah so we we get that reception sometimes and I think from the science aspect or the academic world I'm really curious to see what we get from that uh, because yeah, it might just be that like, Oh, 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 how, oh you know? <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see, but we've had such a great support from Imagine Science and Alexi Gamby is like amazing. He's a festival director and a filmmaker himself. And he just made a film that won the Sloan award at Sundance called I believe it's uh, 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 Monarch of Butter. I wish I remembered. Um, but anyway, he's been like, he's been uh, really amazing. And he's a scientist and, or comes from a science background, I believe, and, and a filmmaker. And so, um, yeah, like we've had some really great support and we're just, you know, I don't know. There's so many times that I would like call my mom just so frustrated, like, I don't know what this body is that I'm living in. And she would like, you know, she's in Ontario and I'm in BC. And it, it, the conversation at some point is always just like, oh, you need to make a film about this. And I'm fortunate enough and lucky enough to have been able to do it, which mm -hmm. is so cool. So yeah, I love film and yeah. Uh, and what comes next for it? Uh, uh, like you said, more festivals or so many awards and so much money <laughs> i want to buy a mansion from this short film. that's what i'm gonna do um i hope um yeah we're like this is our first festival and we're in it right now so we're waiting to hear back about other ones and you know we're looking for people in high places with power who want to support the endeavor and who want to support getting the word out there and support the creation of more content that's more accessible, i.e. like a feature film. Uh, and yeah, so we're, we're constantly looking for opportunities like that, looking for funding, looking to connect with other people who have similar mindsets and who, who really care about the subject matter and who, who think, who believe that a better life is available for endometriosis patients and endo-warriors worldwide. So that's the goal. We want to go after the system. We are coming for it. <laughs> and uh, where can uh, can people uh, see it online or is it uh, they have to wait for it? Yeah, so right now uh, until February 25th, it, it'll be screening at the Slam Dance Film Festival. Festival passes are $10 down from the regular $350. It's the most accessible festival festival yet. We are part of the Unstoppable program, which is uh, the first time Slave Dance has ever done a program for filmmakers with disabilities and films about disabilities. And uh, you can just get your pass at slamdance.com and search Endomic. And you can give us five stars if you'd like. Uh, that would be great. And yeah and you can watch it that way and then also follow us on instagram twitter facebook it's all the same handle a bloody crisis and we've also got our website a bloody you can uh add 
yourself to the mailing list and we'll let you know the next opportunity to see them. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can reach me through email at craig at canadaehx.com. You can also visit my website. We'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And don't forget, you can support the podcast through Patreon. There are multiple tiers to choose from, all with great benefits. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have, and I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Randy McCallum, Diane Wade, Laurie-Ann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. If you want, you can find me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash CanadianHistoryX. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-E-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just go to Bairdo37. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.